0: Podcast 44, show them some love. I'm not telling you anything new when I say that what all of us want most in our lives is to be loved. And so for St. Valentine's Day of 2024, I want to try and describe what love looks like in everyday life so that as Larry Hart's lyric reminded us, we might make each day Valentine's Day. The journey I've taken in my life slowly brought me to the absolute belief in the efficacy of love. Oh, at my advanced years, I still understand that the job of life is essentially to keep the species going. Love intertwines with sex as it needs to in order for us humans to survive. When there is an absence of love in the world, well, just look at what's going on in the world these days. While sex may be the driving biological force that keeps our species going, love is the oil and grease that keeps everything going. And the great thing about love is that it can be given in so many ways, to your family, your friends, to strangers on the street, to the clerk at the store, the tech support person on the phone, to the person who opens the door for you, even to yourself, if there were any positives from those horrible COVID years, it was an appreciation for those they called essential workers. Not only the nurse at the hospital or the daycare worker or the EMT technician, but also the person from Grubhub and so many others who risked contact with sick and homebound folks. That time put a spotlight on empathy towards those who were called service workers. And when COVID was over, that empathy, and face it, the fact that many people had left the workforce and weren't going back, that all resulted in not only a serious growth in wages for those service people who handled your hot dog and made your bed at the motel, but a realization that we all have and need a support system for the daily living we do. So what has endured is a deeper, more pervasive empathy for the world around us. In my own case, I came to love my fellow human being in a more roundabout way. About 11 years ago, a few years after my son and I brought our blueberry farm in Michigan, we started doing farmer's markets. I already had been a salesman off and on for a good part of my life, First as a kid working in my father's garden shop back in the 50s, then as a government specialist focusing the public on pollution, then as a communications consultant and teacher for 20 years before quote-unquote retiring to work the blueberries. After I'd been doing the blueberries for a couple of years, I realized that we needed to be selling at farmers markets to make a go of it. One of the things I had a bit of a struggle with at first was getting rid of my uppity attitude towards people. For many, too many years, actually, I had been working with business execs, college-educated workforces, teaching in universities, that kind of stuff. At a market, you get a great education in all varieties of the human species. Actually, you confirm all those perceptions you have about various types You know, the serious shopper, the parent trying to please the child, the cheap and grumpy old person, the hypochondriac, the young person just cruising the scene, the snob, the disabled, on and on. And then if you're going to be successful, you have to discipline yourself to smile at them all and treat them courteously and professionally, no matter who they are or where they come from or what they look like. And that approach will get you by. But for real success, you need to move to the empathy level. That is, if you really want to be good at selling. Once I got there, it kind of changed my life. I had to say to myself, this person is just trying to do the right thing by eating correctly, by eating good food. That person's here because their partner is a foodie and, shop, and the shopper. Otherwise, they could care less. So how can I make the experience better for them? That was the question I always had to ask myself. Give them a sample of blueberry raisins, maybe, or a drink of something new. To be good at selling, you can never abandon your primary mission. But at the same time, you have to move beyond just selling and actually start to love the people you're dealing with. You have to grow your heart. Many shoppers are really there on a Saturday morning, not only for the food, but for the same reason I'm often there, and that is to make a human connection, to interact with a real person, and these days to abandon and get away from the screens that so many of us are chained to all week long, or in some cases get away from the people that they may not like, but they're forced to live with. And for some to get away from the loneliness that stalks them throughout their lives. I have realized that the human connection is something I can give them. I'm not just selling blueberries. I'm small talking with them about the weather, the sports, high cost of everything. And the more I get to know them, the more topics we can cover. The layoff they're dealing with, the cold they just got over, their partner's favorite recipe, and so on. Also, in this politically correct world we live in, I fight back. For example, when the moment is right, I put my arm on a shoulder. I give a hug, a high five, and even once in a while a smooch. We all need to be touched in a real physical sense. Touching is maybe the most underrated of all human senses. It is also One of the deepest ways of connecting. Talking and touching and understanding and helping. These are the tools of love. And so they often work together. I have found it's important to be aware of your environment and to be attuned to acknowledging that there are people other than you in the universe. In a store checkout line the other day, for example, I was bagging my groceries and just for a second I Glanced at a man patiently waiting behind me. I immediately looked at him, smiled, and realized I had to get out of his way. He smiled and said thanks. Years ago, I remember briefly getting into a fight with an older man who was about to take a parking space I'd been patiently waiting for. I got out of my car and was angry enough to threaten him with a fight. He backed down. Well, how stupid was that, I now realize. Today, I would just smile, shake my head, and move on. Now, I'm not totally full of kindness and forgiveness. When I feel people have stepped out of bounds, I think they need to be brought into line and held to account. But we need to scale our responses to the wrong. For example, I've been thinking lately about crime in my community. Major crimes against people are down, they say, but crimes against property and assaults uh, seem to be spreading. I've devised a response I think would work in this new world of smash-and-grab crime, which sometimes includes hurting people. My answer, well, I think we should form a group of community commandos, like vigilantes maybe, who roam the streets at night and grab miscreants in the act. My commandos would grab the thieves handcuff them to light poles and tape large signs on them that read thief and hold them in that position for the community to see for 24 hours. I think this might send a scare into them and their kind, this public shaming, and maybe it could have an effect like putting someone in stocks in the town square as was done in days of old. Now, how can somebody who's writing about the forgiving power of love hold such a crazy idea? Well, tough love is love too, isn't it? Anyway, back to our main theme that love can be a simple thing. Yes, simple is the right word. Simple things we can do every day to bring love into the world. They're pretty simple. First, smile more. I notice that when I pass people these days, they often have hard looks on their faces and they're distracted and their eyes are wandering. Look into their eyes, smile and nod your head. See how that works. I found it really works well every time. People connect with their smiles. Number two, say thank you often. I think I finally learned to say thank you as though I meant it. That's an accomplishment. This especially applies to older people. When someone holds the door for me, and they seem to do it more often these days, I look at them, I smile, and I say thank you, and it brings a smile to their face. Thirdly, listen harder when people talk. Sometimes I find this quite difficult, but the deal with listening better is that you can respond better and say something that reflects that you actually take what they're saying seriously, or it may give you an opening for a wisecrack, which sometimes I can't help but do. Let's dial back our lives a little bit. Be aware of the people around us who need to be recognized and respected in the simple acts of daily living. I call that love. To sum up the lessons of this podcast, I'd like to quote from no less a figure than St. Paul, who wrote, Brothers and sisters, strive eagerly for the greatest spiritual gifts. But I shall show you a still more excellent way. If I speak in human and angelic tongues but do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clashing cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy and comprehend all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but do not have love. I am nothing. If I give away everything I own, and if I hand my body over so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. It is kind. It is not jealous. It is not pompous. It is not inflated. It is not rude. It does not seek its own interests. It is not quick-tempered. It does not brood over injury, It does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Indeed, happy St. Valentine's Day 2024. I will give you my heart until the end.